Hey everybody, it's Adam, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. We hope that our time together will challenge you, encourage you, and inspire you to take the next step in your relationship with Christ. It's a day that millions of people look forward to every single year. Tens of thousands of people hit the road with one objective on this day. It's a day where family and friends spend at least a couple of hours together in their fully decorated dens or living rooms. It's a day that dominates casual conversation throughout the entire month of December. It's a day where conversations are shared over chinette plates packed with food around those living rooms and dens. It's a day when children sit quietly down on the living room floor knowing that something big is going on and taking place. It's a day where half the world seems to be dressed in red. It's a day where you'll hardly find a soul if you go out in the middle of the day. And it's a day when almost every retailer seems to be closed down, or at the very least, completely deserted. It's a day that we eagerly prepare for. It's a day that we spend hours searching the clothing racks in our favorite retail stores to find the perfect outfit to wear. It's a day where we tediously, that we, we spend time tediously exploring our Google Maps in order to find the uh, new route to get us to our final destination just a little bit quicker. It's a day that as we prepare for it, we, pr- we pour through countless recipes in our cookbooks to make sure that we provide the favorite fixings for the crowd that's coming into our home. It's a day where we nitpick over every little detail and every small decoration, making sure that our newest knickknacks and trinkets are perfectly and proudly displayed for all to see. It's a day when we sit together and we remember the past. It's a time where we share some stories of heartache, stories of suffering, stories of old wounds that haven't quite healed yet. But it's also a day where we remember our triumphs, celebrating the times when good defeated evil. It's a day when our hopes run high. It's a day that we can't help but wonder what's to come. It's a day that is filled with expectation. But it's also a day where our high expectations aren't always met. It's a day when many people go home still feeling disappointed. It's a day when their one wish for that year just didn't come true. It's also a day that makes us want to assemble, a day that makes us want to come together, a day that makes us want to cheer the good, to lament the bad together, a day that makes us want to pray for a future that is better than the past has been. It's a day. It's a day where we relive past experiences. It's a day where we analyze every detail of what's gone on before it. It's a day where we hope that the past mistakes that have been made are learned from. And it's a day that we hope will be better going forward. And it's a day that's come and gone for another year. Now it may sound like I'm talking about Christmas this morning. That that's the day that I've been referring to Because it was just a few days ago that we traveled to be with our family and friends or opened our own doors to invite them into our homes. It was a day that we spent weeks preparing for, making sure that we had all of the recipes just right and the food perfectly prepared and all of the presents picked out and purchased and wrapped and placed underneath the tree. 
It's a day. Christmas is a day where it seems like the world stops, at least for the time when we're sitting together with our loved ones in dens and living rooms across the country. It's a day where families gather around those trees and fireplaces, holding gifts that are overflowing from the stockings and pouring out from under the Christmas tree. And Christmas is a day where we remember stories of old, where we sit peacefully and we listen to the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke one more time. It's a day, Christmas is a day, where we can admit that things haven't always gone our way, but it's also a day where we can look ahead to brighter tomorrows, a day that we can celebrate because we know that the light has come into the world. But believe it or not, I haven't been talking about Christmas up to this point this morning. What I've been talking about so far is yesterday's UK versus U of L basketball game. Right? It's kind of a big deal around here. And if, if you go back and you think back on everything that I just said, you'll find that it's absolutely the truth. I told you that it's a day that millions of people look forward to every single year. There's about 4 million people that live in the state of Kentucky. And many of those 4 million people look forward to UK versus U of L more than they look forward to any other day on the calendar. I told you that tens of thousands of people hit the road to travel to their destinations. And the Yum Center holds 20,000 people. Plus, there were, there were many, many folks that were coming together in living rooms and dens across the Commonwealth just to watch this basketball game. Families gathered together in their living rooms. Friends got together in dens and man caves, decked out in all of that team gear to watch two hours of basketball played out. And you don't have to look any further than the hallways outside of our very own sanctuary to realize that people spend a whole lot of time talking about this basketball game throughout the month of December. And even though plenty of people wished me a Merry Christmas last week and asked me how my Christmas went today, I've had far more conversations about the way that the UK game played out than I have about how my Christmas turned out this year. Now, I don't want you to hear what I'm saying as a way of chastising the fanaticism that so many of us have over our favorite sports teams. Truth is, I can get just as caught up as anybody else in this game. But the problem with it all is that Christmas Day was five days ago. Christmas Day was five days ago. And sure, our sanctuary is still decorated. We've still got Jesse trees and Christmas trees and poinsettias and lights and all of that sort of stuff. And yes, plenty of people did ask me how my Christmas was out in the hallways this morning. But for all intents and purposes, Christmas has come and gone for another year. We've been there We've done that, and now we've moved on to something else. It's actually reminiscent for me of one of my favorite Christmas traditions in the Shell household. And that's the way that my family opens all of our Christmas gifts. We, we sit together in some semblance of a circle inside of whoever's living room is hosting Christmas that year. And then the youngest who is capable of getting under the tree and passing out the gifts, it's their job. They go and one by one read the names on the tags and slowly but surely pass these presents out to everybody that's gathered together. And present by present, each one of us has a pile that starts stacking up until it feels like it's going to hit the ceiling inside of these rooms, especially the kids that are in these places. And then it's time, once everybody's got their whole stack of presents there, it's time to finally open them up. 
And it's my experience that there are one of two approaches to opening up Christmas gifts. You either have the tornado-style approach to Christmas gifts, and if you do Christmas this way, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody tears into their presents at the exact same time. And in a matter of moments, papers are flying, wrapping papers, bows, all of that stuff is flying through the air, and within seconds, faster than Santa Claus can name off his eight tiny reindeer, your room, your living room, looks like a tornado just swept through it because there's nothing but wrapping paper and presents laying on the floor. Everything is finished. And then there's the way that my family opens our Christmas gifts. And there's only one way to describe our process, and that is excruciatingly slow. I think it took us three hours to open our Christmas gifts this year. Not a matter of seconds. And the way that my family does it is we go one by one from the youngest to the oldest, each one taking our turn to open up our gift. And when we've opened up our gift, we hold up what's inside so that everybody can see it. And even as we were teasing my dad, who's the one who has insisted on this tradition for 41 years, that it might be time to move on because there's just too many presents, he said, "Uh uh-uh, it's not going to happen. Because it's the only way you get to enjoy all of this experience. And I'll tell you something. Now that I'm in my 30s, I do enjoy it a little bit more. But when I was a kid, it was sheer torture. I had to wait all year to figure out what was going to be sitting underneath the Christmas tree. And then I would sit down and I'd have this pile of presents, this mountain of presents beside me. And I finally had the chance to open it up, but I had to wait my turn. And even when I finally had that chance, when I could pull off that wrapping paper, open up that box, and I finally found that Ninja Turtle or Transformer or whatever it is that I wanted, I got to enjoy it for like 30 seconds before I had to sit it down and watch my older brother unwrap his present so I could appreciate what Santa Claus brought him that year. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. When when we did that, when, when I opened those presents, I never got to enjoy the moment that I was living in. No matter what toy I just opened up, no matter how excited I was to write it on my list and finally have it sitting in my hands, it never took long before I had to move on to the next thing. And that's how a lot of us approach all of the Christmas season, not just the way that we open up our Christmas gifts. We treat all of Christmas like it's a present where we can't wait to tear into it, but once we have, we're ready to move on. That's how we treat Christmas. We treat it like it's a present underneath a tree that we can't wait to tear into, but as soon as we open Christmas up, as soon as it comes, we're already ready to move on to the next thing. But you do realize that's not how Christmas is supposed to be, right? Christmas isn't supposed to just get here and get over with so you can move on to the next thing. What Christmas is supposed to be like Is it supposed to be like it is when you see Christmas celebrated by a child? I have had the privilege of watching my own daughter enjoy Christmas for the last six and a half years. And I've watched her as my family has gone through our excruciatingly slow ritual every single year. And it never changes for Hannah. When she opens up a gift, she gets caught up in whatever present it is that she just opened up. And for her, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter how high that mountain of presents is beside her, and hers is always the biggest because she was the first grandkid. It doesn't matter. For her, it doesn't matter if she opens up a book. If she opens a book, do you know what she wants to do? 
She wants to sit down and read the book. If she opens up a coloring book, do you know what she wants to do? She wants to pull out the crayons and she wants to color. It doesn't matter if she opens up a doll. When she opens that doll, she wants to sit down and play with that doll. If she opens up pajamas, she wants to go ahead and put them on that very minute. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big that mountain of presents sitting beside her is. She just wants to sit and enjoy whatever it is that she just opened and of course, over the last six and a half years, there have been plenty of times where Hannah has made that face at me, that pouty lip face sticking out down to her chin, because she just doesn't understand. When mommy or daddy has to reach down and take away whatever present she just opened up so that she can watch the next person in line open up their gift. And every time that lip comes out, every time that pouty face starts puckering up for us, it's like, her expression is telling us the exact same thing. That expression says, why can't we just slow down? Why can't we just slow down? Why can't I just enjoy what I have in front of me now? You know, the funny thing about the Christmas story that we read inside of the Bible every year is that there is actually a part of the Christmas story that reminds us every single year that we need to slow down. But we never seem to stop and listen to it. So this morning, I want us to listen to it again. So go ahead and grab your Bible, whether you've got a printed one like mine, an app on your phone, and you can turn to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. And as you're turning there, let me just remind you, we call this the Gospel of Luke because the word gospel means good news. And what Luke does is it tells us the good news of the life of Jesus. It tells us about Jesus' birth. It tells us about his ministry, the miracles he performs. It tells us about his crucifixion and his resurrection. But this morning we're looking at part of the story of Jesus' birth. So we're going to start reading together in Luke chapter 2. We'll start with verse 22. And as we're reading it, I want you to pay attention to two characters that you've already heard mentioned this morning. Simeon and Anna. And I want you to pay attention to how they respond to the good news of Jesus. So Luke chapter 2, we'll start reading in verse 22. This is what Luke writes. When the time came for their ritual cleansing in accordance with the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. For it's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. Then they offered a sacrifice in keeping with what's stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves of two or two young pigeons. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel and the Holy Spirit that rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, Simeon went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. And Simeon took Jesus in his arms, and he praised God, and he said, now, now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all peoples. It's a light, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for the people of Israel. His father and mother were amazed by what was said about Jesus. Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, this boy is assigned to be the cause of the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that generates opposition, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your innermost being too. There was also a prophet, 
Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old. After she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but she worshipped God with fasting and prayer night and day. She approached at that very moment, and she began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. As this story begins, you can't help but picture this family, Mary and Joseph and this newborn Jesus, And for me, when I hear this story, I can't help but imagine this family's in a little bit of a rush. That's why the story in my mind begins with, when the time came for their ritual cleaning. When the time came for their ritual cleaning. I imagine that that Mary and Joseph had been looking forward to this day. It was the day when the ritual cleaning happened, when Jesus officially became a fully invested part of the, the Jewish culture. They had been counting down the days for this to come. So I imagine when this day finally came that Mary and Joseph, they let out a little bit of a sigh of relief. It had finally come. Now they were going to be able to go into the temple, take care of this cleansing, and then they could get on with the rest of their lives. They could go back home. So for me, when I read the story, it almost feels like Mary and Joseph are little more than than a busy couple who are just rushing into Kroger to take care of an errand real quick, to go in, pick up a pack of diapers, maybe a gallon of milk, and then just get back on the road as quickly as they possibly can. But then they run into Simeon. This couple who was in a hurry to go and see the priest, to get this ritual cleansing taken care of, get completely sidetracked when they run into Simeon. And what does he do in the story? The first thing that Simeon does is he scoops up the baby in his arms. Now, I don't know when the last time was that you were around a new mama, (coughs) but new mamas usually don't like when strangers scoop up their babies, right? But that's the first thing that happens. Simeon walks in and he scoops up this baby because it means so much to him that he forgets proper decorum and etiquette and he rushes in to the moment. And instead... Instead of Mary and Joseph sitting there and checking their watches and rushing off to be with the priest, because Simeon is holding their baby, Mary and Joseph have to stop. They have to stop everything that they're doing. They have to put all of their plans on hold, and they have to be present in that moment and listen to what this old man is saying. We need to do the same thing at Christmas. We need to stop rushing past Christmas and slowly slow down and remember what Christmas means. We need to be a little more like Simeon and a little less like Mary and Joseph in the story. We need to slow down and enjoy what Christmas means. And what does Christmas mean? Well, we can find that answer when we slow down and we listen to what Simeon is saying. When we listen to the man who has been waiting his entire life for Jesus to be born. And as Simeon holds Jesus in his arms, he forces Mary and Joseph and all of the rest of us to remember who their son really is. Because Jesus isn't just another baby. Jesus isn't even just Mary and Joseph's child. Jesus is a baby who was born for every single one of us. Simeon puts it this way when he says that Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory 
for your people Israel. To put that another way for us, what Simeon is saying is that Jesus is God-made human, and that Jesus came for the Jews, Jesus came for the Gentiles, Jesus came for every one of us. Now think about that for just a second. Stop and think about that for just a second, because I'm afraid with all of the rush, all of the fuss, all of the chaos of Christmas, that we move past that point way too fast. That what this season is really all about is it's God saying to us that he loves us so much that he became one of us and that he came to this world for all of us. That's what Christmas reminds us of. Christmas reminds us that God became human. The same God that created the heavens and the earth became one of us and walked this earth. And do you know why he did it? He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for all of us. God wanted to know what it's like to be you. So God became like you. God wanted to know what it's like to be you, so God became like you. And that's the same good news that the prophet Anna in this story comes running over to celebrate. As soon as she sees Simeon scooping this baby up and celebrating who he is, she comes running over to be a part of the good news. As soon as she learns that this Christ child is in the temple, she can't wait to be a part of the celebration. And that's the same thing that we need to feel when Christmas rolls around every year. We need to feel like we can't wait to be part of the celebration. Like there is nothing in the world that is more important than what happens on Christmas Day. Not a a get-together, not a basketball game, nothing else matters more than the fact that Jesus Christ has come. But the truth of the matter is that there are plenty of things happening in all of our lives right now that are vying for our attention. There are plenty of things that want to push us past Christmas. There are basketball games to watch, football games to watch. There are New Year's parties that need to be planned or attended. There's family commitments that we still have to fulfill before 2018 gives way to 2019. There are vacation days that we still need to enjoy before we get back to work later this week. But none of these things, not one of these things, are more important than the good news of Christmas. The good news that Jesus Christ has come as a light for revelation to the Gentile, as a glory to the people of Israel. Jesus has come. Christ was born. So before we rush past Christmas to whatever the next item is on our to-do list, let's slow down. Let's remember. Let's celebrate the good news that the season is all about. Let's bask in the glory of God. The glory of God that became one of us. Let's pray together. God, you know how quickly we all rush past Christmas. It goes by in a whirlwind for us all. We count down the days till Christmas comes. 
But as soon as the parties are over, the presents are unwrapped, we've moved on to the next thing. And for that, God, we have to say we're sorry. We're sorry that we rush past Christmas and treat it like just another day sometimes. Because Christmas is not just another day. What happened when you took on human form, when you became flesh and blood, changed everything, God. You showed us how much you loved us by sending your son to become one of us. Then letting him lay down his life on our behalf. So God, our prayer today is that we don't just rush past Christmas again this year. Let us slow down. Let us reflect on what it means that you loved us enough to become one of us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everybody, it's Adam again. I hope that this sermon challenged you, encouraged you, and inspired you to take the next step in your relationship with Christ. If it did, then take a second and subscribe to our podcast. We drop a new sermon every Monday, and if you subscribe, you'll never miss it. And if you'd like to help someone else take the next step in their relationship with Christ, then take a minute and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Your review goes a long way to help us share this podcast with others.